Happy New Year. Happy 2023. Yes, I know it's March 2023, but yes, you know, just go with it. Anyway, so it's a chance to be here with my friend Danny. Hello. And we're back again with more content and new podcasts to go. So, and we're, we're ringing it. Yeah, we're just going to um, just talk about um, everything that's been coming out this year. Um, nothing too specific. Just give our general thoughts. So, um, let's get started. So, you know, so, you know, we're going to share with you all. We were hanging out on the comic book shop. Pick up some comics, new comics, old comics. I'm hunting down old comics because I love stuff from the uh, golden age, silver age, present day. But I love stuff from the 90s specifically. But uh, I had a joke for you when we were at dinner. Okay. So, you know, they were playing, uh, wow, what was the name of that song? Uh, we Are Family? One before, uh, Car Wash. Oh, yeah. So, it reminded me of something when I was a kid. Uh-huh. TLC song, Chasing Waterfalls. So, it's not related, I know. Uh-huh. But it just reminded me of something I did as a kid. Okay. Um, hearing that song and being a Power Rangers fan, I didn't hear the word Chasing Waterfalls. I thought Jason Waterfalls. So, my brain associated that with Jason from, my, from Power Rangers. Oh, my goodness. So, I was like... Jason Waterfalls, and my brain as a kid put that as like the Power Ranger. Uh-huh. So I did not get that until I got older and actually read lyrics. I was like, "Oh, this is an opportunity of misheard lyrics." Just wanted to share that. Okay. Random, well, random story. Well, since you brought up Power Rangers, um, I know today we were talking about you know the Power Rangers and the um, upcoming special they were doing. Mm-hmm. Um, which is, you said, next month? It is going to be April 19th on Netflix. It's uh, Once Upon a Ranger. Okay, and you said it's going to be 55 minutes. Yes, I believe it's going to be 55 minutes. If it, if, if it changes, that's changes. Yeah, I'm like, I'm really looking forward to the Power Ranger special, but it's, it's going to be a little bittersweet because I'm excited to see some of the um, Rangers get back together. I'm, I'm specifically excited to see um, Aisha. Um, we saw her at BlurredCon, and she just seems like a really sweet person, so it's kind of cool to see her back. And I'm actually really excited to see um, her, Rocky, and Adam, because I remember when those three came in and took over for Jason, Trini, and Zach. So, and I and I always liked um, the trio of Rocky, Adam, and Aisha. So, I think it's great to see them um, in this special and um, acknowledging the impact they had on Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. Um, but, you know, of course, it's going to be... Um, it was already kind of sad because we know that this revolves around Trini's daughter. And we know that the original actress passed away. Um, and now with the passing of Tommy, um, Jason David Frank, you know, it's just going to be kind of sad and it's going to be interesting to see who is going to be wearing that Green Ranger costume. Yes, I I agree because some footage has come out where people have been breaking it down, trying to get any little glimpse that they can of anything from the, the trailer that was released and any like pictures that were put out from Entertainment Weekly and stuff like that. And yes, we are. We do see a Green Ranger, someone in a Green Ranger outfit. Mm-hmm. It would be nice to know what's well, this Jason David Frank, but I think they would have announced that he filmed this. Yeah, I after, think it would have been announced too. So that we would have known, but they, 
anything, I haven't heard anything, but yeah. So that's one thing, you know. I'm 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 curious to see who's going to be playing this Green Ranger. I'm definitely going to tune in because I was a huge Mighty Morphin Power Ranger fan. I remember, and I and it came out when I was in elementary school. So I remember. I would just, like, during class, me and my friends would sit around, and I would tell them stories, like, basically fan fiction of Power Rangers, and I would assign, like, my classmates to a, a specific character. So, my friend Esmeralda, she was always Trini, and then there was a guy, um, his name was Jojo, he was, like, new and so he was Tommy. So I, I like everybody was somebody and I would just tell stories. So I'm so excited to see this special and to see maybe Billy or Zach in a leadership role. I think that would be really cool. So yeah, so Power Rangers, it sounds like a good one. It it does. And and you mentioned Billy as well. I believe this is the first time uh David Yost you know, has come back as well with Power Rangers, you know. Funny enough, I got to see him at a convention, but it's like I, I realized it was him after. I think I, I was like, oh, cool, he had, he had most of the Power Rangers together. So I saw him, and then you're being shy, like you want to meet your heroes, but then you're kind of shy. Mm-hmm. So I was like, I think the only person I'm, I think hey, we went to that um, Galaxy Con, to where I met uh, Nakia. Okay. Yep. Yep. So, and I had to, and I had to kind of push you to go talk to her. Kind of like I want to meet meet my heroes, but you know, it's like it's one thing where like, you see these these amazing people on screen, and you know, when they do voice acting, like Adam, he's a voice actor and other mm-hmm. things as well. So you get to see their work and get to know them and through their roles. But there is it's a different feeling when you actually see them in front of you, because then it's like all the years of. Hey, I've seen your content. I've absorbed it, and now it's my moment to have my like five minutes of a conversation with you. Yep. And yes, you did push me, and I thank you for that. Yep. And then you and you mentioned I uh, uh, Aisha. Aisha, I got to meet uh, Karen mm-hmm. a few months ago, and it was a different feeling going to a comic book shop, and she's there, and you get to have a conversation, and it it was very nice just to you know get to have a. a meeting with them and actually talk and then we have a little like four second video where we, we, we do the some more time yes and I, I have that i'm saving that i'm like yeah that's i put that online like on facebook and instagram like yes i'm saving this and, yeah. and get my picture so that is now i've now met four rangers i've met uh jason david frank amy joe johnson uh Burris, and karen uh, ashley so i'm like i need to meet another one to give me five <laughs> yeah yeah and, and, the, and the good thing is because we do like to be on the convention scene i mean the rangers show up at conventions so it, it'll be easy peasy i think to meet some more rangers and and one thing that i you know wish i had done um i think it's boom studios they're doing the power rangers comics right now it, it, it's it's good yeah and so i was and so i remember they had just did like um, this issue where it was the original Mighty Morphin characters plus the three who um replaced Trini, Zach, and um Jason. And I was so excited. I was like, and it had all of them on the cover. And I was like, I want to buy this comic book and I want to take it with me to different conventions and just get everyone, you know, who's still around to sign it. I just thought that would be so cool. And I just hate that I missed out on the chance to um, get Tommy's signature on that comic book. 
But, um, you know, uh, I'm still looking forward to it. And let's go to the next topic. Yeah, yeah I have one more thing to say before we go to the next topic. Okay. So, Power Rangers. I'm going to now share this with the world since we're talking about Power Rangers. You know, a lot of people grew up with Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. And, you know, we learned later on it came from Super Sentai and everything. Mm-hmm. But I felt like, you know, keep in mind, growing up in the 90s and early 2000s. So a lot of people grew out of Power Rangers when it went to Power Rangers Zeo and Turbo and so on and so forth. Yep. But I was one that kept watching the shows. Mm-hmm. But I felt like I had to watch them in secret just because I didn't want to be made fun of. Mm. So I I was the kid that kept watching Zeo and then it went to Turbo, then Space. Power Rangers in Space is my favorite Power Rangers season. And then uh, I, I would defend that show. <laughs> but And then Lost Galaxy and a few others. And then eventually, it was, eventually with no reasoning of saying I'm going to stop, mm-hmm. I just kind of didn't know where to watch it because at that point it was moving networks and I didn't know where things were and then you know life gets busy yep but I just finally now want to share that to say you know it's it's okay to keep watching your shows and you don't have to hide them from people and just enjoy your life that's all I gotta say but okay but next okay so the next thing I want to talk about so I am a huge fan of the Creed movies so Chancellor D has not seen the Creed franchise yet. Or so, Rocky. Uh-huh. So, well, I haven't... And I honestly, I haven't seen all of the Rocky movies. The only Rocky movie I have seen is honestly the last Rocky movie. And um, I, I don't even know what made me watch that movie, but I just watched it. And then when the Creed franchise started, I was like, well, you know what? I'm going to support this. This looks kind of cool. So, you know, I haven't seen Creed 3 yet. I'm going to see that tomorrow. But, um, you know, I just wanted to mention that Creed 3 is doing really well at the box office. Basically, it's first week in the box office. It is the, like, highest gross, domestic grossing opener for any, um, for any sports movie and it was Michael B. Jordan's like directorial debut so that's really awesome and so now reports have came out that they are working on doing a Creed verse and so basically Michael B. Jordan has said that they're looking at spinoffs um that will go across TV across movies maybe a spinoff for his daughter i haven't seen the story yet but i do know that they said that his daughter in the movie she wants to be a fighter there have already been rumors about a drago spinoff and um he wants to do an anime he's a huge anime fan he based uh, some of the boxing scenes off of anime so he wants to do an anime which i think that would be super dope as um a boxing anime i think there's a lot you can do with that i think you know showing the boxers like powering up during the fight i think that would be really sick so um i'm really looking forward to that so um the reason i wanted to bring that up so I have a blurred group and so I was telling them about the Creed verse and I was like, well, you know what? Like, you know, and I know that there's been some issues with Sylvester Stallone. Um, and you know, he's not in Creed three because he's upset with the, you know, the owner of Rocky because, you know, he feels like he created Rocky. He should have some ownership in Rocky. 
I'm not going to debate that because, you know, I don't know what his contract was, the deal was. But um, I was, you know, telling the board group, you know, I don't know how he would feel about it, especially with it being called the Creed verse, because, you know, it all did come from Rocky. And so I was telling my blur group, like, you know, I would I would think to call it the Rocky verse over the Creed verse, but I would still I would still let Michael B. Jordan be the face of it. Because, you know, at this point, I feel like Creed has really revitalized that franchise. And, I mean, Creed is the one who's in the ring fighting now. So, let Creed be the face of it. Let Michael B. Jordan be the one, you know, with the creative control. And, um, but I was still, I was thinking, call it the Rockyverse. It's almost like the Arrowverse on the CW, like everything went through arrow so i could see calling it the arrowverse even as other um shows were becoming popular like the flash um but i do want to bring this up too so when i was telling my blurred group that one of the guys in the group was like name one good rocky movie that wasn't based off of his relationship with creed question mark it's been the Creed verse this entire time, and we never realized it. So he said Creed 1, or Rocky 1, it was a Creed draw with Rocky. 2, Creed is defeated by Rocky. 3, Creed retrains Rocky after Rocky loses the championship belt. And 4, Creed gets killed, and Rocky gets revenge. So I was like, you know what, I never... Because, maybe because I, like, I've only seen the last Rocky, so I never... I didn't realize the big impact that Apollo Creed had in the Rocky movies. And so, um, a different blurred, he was like, I saw a video recently where someone said this, probably on Instagram. So, what do y'all think about the Creed verse? Um, should it be the Creed verse or should we call it the Rocky verse? And, you know, is the, is, is my blurred friend correct is has creed been underlined the major catalyst of the rocky movies the entire time um i think it's an interesting conversation um i do i would love to see sylvester come back to the franchise um but let me know what you think do you think it should be the creed verse or should it be the rocky verse you know, I, I will add on to it as as someone that is objective to it. You know, I I know the you know phrases of Adrian. You know that the, mm -hmm. dramatic effect. Mm -hmm. But I, I I know things. I know that Creed was Apollo Creed was in the first movie. I didn't know to the extent as uh, uh, your group member said. But if I th when I think of it that way, I can see their perspective as. There was the match, the draw, then Rocky wins, and then the training. I can see that. Mm -hmm. I I think of it just like you said, the Arrowverse. The whole Arrowverse started because of Arrow. Then we had the spinoff with Flash, and then Legends of Tomorrow, and so on and so forth. Mm -hmm. But I think because the first set of movies are called Rocky, Rocky is your protagonist. He is your focal point. Just coming, just again from an objective standpoint, he is your focal point. He is the one that they paint, paint it as your hero figure. So we are following Sylvester Stallone around, 
as your main protagonist. And then now with the Creed movies, it's mm-hmm. Apollo Creed's son. So I can see it two ways. I can see it calling it the Creedverse. I can see it the Rockyverse. Maybe call it the Rocky Creedverse. You know, mm-hmm. Who knows? To kind of satisfy both parties. Mm-hmm. Just because if we go by naming convention, Rocky came first. Right. Right. And, you, and you're right. Rocky came first. I agree with that. Um, or you call, it, or you but, call but, it Philadelphia. But, yeah, <laughs> but but they're yeah, and they're already talking about a Creed four. So I think um, there's there's there were six Rocky movies. So Creed is is very fast. Is is catching up to that number. We've already got the third Creed, and they're already talking about Creed four. And you know, if it continues to be successful, I can clear. I could easily see a Creed five, maybe even a Creed six. So you know. Because then if you think of it like it's spanning generations, you mm-hmm. have Paul Creed, then you have his son, and then you have a, uh, the son's, you said his daughter's in the movie? His daughter is and in the movie. So maybe if they want to expand storytelling, you follow her route. Yep. Or if Rocky had any children, I don't I don't know for any. Rocky, he does, has, Rocky does have a son. Okay. Well, but his son is not a fighter. You could still bring him in, though. In, in some way, you could bring the son in as like a... You know, mm-hmm. maybe a side character or something yeah. to help out the you know continue with the father's legacy, mm-hmm. something like that, mm-hmm. something like that. They kind of they make sure you do pay homage to what came before. Mm-hmm. If they don't have Sylvester Stallone in the movies, yeah, something you could do. Yeah. Um. Well, I know. Um. It, like from what I've seen, um, I saw. Yeah, I think it was in Creed, two, like Sylvester Stallone's character Rocky. He has a um, almost like an estranged relationship with his son. Um, I guess because of all the time Rocky spent training and boxing. So um, I would have to, you know, I guess it would be kind of trying to figure out how to bring his son in because, like I said, I know the, I know at the end of Creed two they reconciled. So. Maybe you can do something with that. But yeah, I thought I thought that was really interesting. Um, the Creed verse. I'm definitely I'm definitely excited about them expanding this universe. Whether it's called the Creed verse or the Rocky verse, I am very excited. I think this is a very good um platform for um, Michael B. Jordan. Um, definitely going like video games, anime. TV shows, movies, like, if he's able to pull this off, I think that's going to definitely elevate him, and, um, I think that's, that's great to see with, uh, you know, a a black actor, and one thing I do want to say, we can go ahead and transition, um, we're talking about Michael B. Jordan, um, if he's able to pull this off, I'm wondering, where that puts his Static Shock movie and his Black Superman movie, um, because I'm I'm feeling like with this success of Creed three, he directed it, um, he starred in it, highest grossing sports movie, uh, it's already made over a hundred million dollars. You know, I know right now DC is in a transitional phase. They're trying to figure out who's going to be writing what, who's going to be directing what. I wonder if this success 
And I want if that's going to go ahead and just solidify that, yes, we're going to do that Static Shock movie that Michael B. Jordan has signed on for. And we're going to do that Black Superman movie as well. Yeah, I, I, I can see that. And one thing I like about Michael B. Jordan, like you mentioned, he, he has a lot of hands in different pots. He's yep. director, actor. He let it be known that he loves anime. He loves pop culture. He loves culture. Mm-hmm. I, I like that in the Black Panther movie that his role of Killmonger, his Killmonger outfit resembled, resembles Vegeta from Dragon Ball Z. Mm-hmm. And, and, it's it's like it's it's a good thing because it it shows that for one for some people they look at things of anime and manga and comics as very niche and it's for kids mm-hmm. but you have someone like Michael B. Jordan who has embraced these things and made it part of his, of his livelihood and he's also showing people including uh, us, us black people and that it's okay to be into these things. Mm-hmm. It's okay to embrace, you know, things that aren't always inherently black and that we are multifaceted people. Mm-hmm. Now, when it comes to DC and what they're building, I think that the James Guns and the other higher-ups can see this and say, he has proven himself. We know that he can do these things. We've already seen it. Mm-hmm. But now that this is my, this is his directorial debut with Creed Three, we can give him the reins for Static Shock and Superman. And if it's Superman, it's Calvin Ellis or uh, Val Zod. Either one would work. Yeah, I and mean, it would open the door for the multiverse. I mean, mm-hmm. we know that James Gunn talked about what he wants to do for uh, the D- new DCU with chapter one being gods and monsters and or just the part that he shared with us but it would open the door for you know the likes of doomsday you know mm-hmm. you know the monster end of it and it it opens the door for a lot of the verse storytelling because static comes from the dakota verse mm-hmm. and you have a lot of milestone media influences nowadays we have the resurgence of milestone media you have Icon and Rocket, Static, uh, Blood Syndicate. Uh, new comics are coming out, and there are now a new current storyline is uh, uh, Icon versus Hardware. Mm-hmm. And now Milestone Media is about to be 30 years old, and they have a 30th anniversary special coming out in a few weeks. It's a great time to say, let's put this character on the big screen. Let's put you know these characters in you know, Static and... It could open the door for Icon. I mean, it would be nice to see Icon show up in some, in, in in something it would. because he's an alien. Yeah. So it, it, you could you could introduce it as Icon shows up in a Superman movie or something like that, mm-hmm. and like don't tell us that he's here. Just let him show up because it's better to be surprised versus saying, "Yeah, so we have actor so and so." playing this role no, let us see it mm-hmm. and gradually introduce people who don't read comics or who don't watch the cartoon shows or play the games or whatever but having michael jordan in that role it would also open the door for other people too mm-hmm. more people of color and just it, it makes it not just a one-sided thing or 
it, it, it allows people to actually say, hey, we're represented. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and um, I was trying to find it, but I had I had saw something where I guess someone, you know, James Gunn is very active on social media. So someone had said something regarding the DCU, I guess, lineup. And James Gunn mentioned, you know, we have the DC characters, we have Wildstorm characters, and we have Milestone characters. And that made me really great. It made me feel really great to hear him include Milestone because that makes me feel like he there's a place for them in um, DC. Because one thing for me that I have a love-hate relationship with and it's been very frustrating is... I'm I'm getting tired of seeing characters race bend it. Um, I, I I understand the need to race bend some characters, um, but we have a lot of black characters who aren't being used, and instead of using our characters, then they just race bend a character to be black. And my main issue with that is. When these characters are being put in movies and when they're being put on TV, they usually get um they they usually get more expo they get more exposure as a character for one. Um because now they're being introduced to a wider audience. And on top of that, usually they get comic book runs. So when you are race bending characters, typically the character stays the same race in the comic book. So you're using black actors and actresses to um kind of uplift like white characters. Because that's what ends up happening. They end up getting a push in the comic books. And a good example of that is Aquaman. So Aquaman, you know, uh he was portrayed in the movies by Jason Momoa who is an Island Pacificers Samoan. And so what they did was after that movie made a billion dollars, Aquaman all of a sudden got this huge push in the comic books. And what they did was they made Arthur Court Curry. He, he was still, you know, the same white character, but they just made him, they gave him hair that looked like Jason Momoa and tattoos, but he just still stayed white instead of, making his race reflect Jason Momoa's race. So, and so, and like I said, he got a really big push in the comic books after that. He became really, you know, more popular. I ain't gonna say he became really popular, but he became more popular. And so I want to see that with, you know, our black characters. I remember I went back when um, Luke Cage was on Netflix and I went back to see his comic book runs and while his show was actively on Netflix, he had continuous comic books. And what they would do, it was like he would have like uh, maybe a limited series, maybe six issues. And then once that ended, they would restart a new series for him. So, you know, that's, you know, getting his character out there more, giving his character more stories. And the more stories a character has, the more it can be adapted into TV or into movies. So, you know, I'm I'm ready to see our black characters, you know, take the forefront. You know, like I said, I understand race bending, but, you know, give me Vixen, 
He's already said we're getting Jon Stewart on a TV show. Um, hoping to see Jon Stewart also in the movies. Uh, we need Cyborg back. You know, unfortunately, everything that happened with the DCEU, Cyborg kind of got sidelined. So we need to see Cyborg again. Bumblebee. Um, Duncan. Like you said, all the milestone characters. Like, there's a ton of milestone characters. You know, Naomi, she had the TV show, but it wasn't well-received. So, I would love to see Naomi come back. The Green Lantern jo jo Sojourner. Um, she, I, I would love to see Sojourner make some type of appearance, maybe, in the Green Lantern show. Like, we have a ton of black characters who have not been used at all um you even got the bat family you got signal you got um batwing we did see him on the arrowverse but would love to see him again um you have mr terrific and you also have still you have yep. john Henry irons and natasha irons who yep. is his niece yep and they're in the superman family yep so we, and then you got Aqualad, yeah, Jackson yeah. Hyde, yeah, yeah. So we have a we have a lot of characters who have been missing from live action, a lot. And, and let's also you know talk about the small screen for a second mm -hmm. when it comes to animation. Mm -hmm. I think when it comes to animation, like like you mentioned Aqualad, like Calderon, Aqualad, and Young Justice, mm -hmm. I think it was a lot of people's introduction into the character of Aqualad and Aquaman. You know, adjacent mm -hmm. because they they see they saw him saw him as um, a black young man, and he then you met Garth who in the com uh, comics Garth was Aqualad. I mean, you had more than one, mm -hmm. but you got to see it from another perspective on the Young Justice moniker, and it also opened the door because then people started actually paying attention to comics a little more with Young Justice. And I think it brings it actually brings it to, to my next point. You have these spanning universes like like you know with the conclusion of uh Justice League Dark Apocalypse War mm -hmm. that opened the door for the now current universe that they're calling the Tomorrowverse. Mm -hmm. Which started with Superman Man Tomorrow and we've also had uh Batman along Halloween then you had uh, Justice Society World War Two, uh, Green Lantern, Beware My Power, and the most recent movie is Legion of Superheroes. That slate alone is very diverse, mm -hmm. and I, I do want to say I encourage everybody to watch this because they're top tier movies. They're just animated. There's no, there's no you know division there, but they're animated movies. Like I when I finally got to see Legion of Superheroes. The post credit scene was like, um, I need the next movie like ASAP. Mm -hmm. The next movie is going to be a Justice League movie called War World. Mm -hmm. But uh, it, it's good. But my point is that those movies are showing us diverse characters. It, you have diverse range of actors who are playing these roles. Mm -hmm. uh, some people, have, you know, maybe some new faces for some. Some have come from TV shows and other animated roles. But it's a wide variety. But mm -hmm. I think. By and large, a lot of people pay attention to what they see when it comes to live action. A lot of people say animation is for kids. That's not 
hundred percent the case. It's, it's, it's not. It's yeah. for everybody. Yeah, and um, part of James Gunn has came out and said that um, he is looking at Young Justice, and I think he also mentioned Justice League as inspirations for his DCU. So yeah, animation definitely has a really big impact, and you know, animation is the reason why a lot of of us are in this fandom to begin with because. X-Men, the animated series, and Batman, the animated series. Uh, more specifically, X-Men. That really changed everything for me as far as being a comic book fan. So, you know, um, the anim animation definitely shouldn't be, you know, looked down upon because, you know, we all, as kids, we all have, that. that was really like, one of our first loves was cartoons and animation so yeah and um speaking of animation the new teenage mutant ninja turtles trailer dropped it's amazing amazing let me tell you something. so i wasn't even really looking forward to it i remember the cartoon as a kid i loved the cartoon as a kid and um i vaguely remember the live action movies but I do remember that the first one especially was, like, really popular. I didn't see the... I haven't seen any of the remakes since then. And so, when I heard about this animated movie coming, I was like, okay, you know. But when I saw that trailer, I mean, it just... It was perfect. That trailer was perfect. And talking about animation, to me, that trailer proved to me that everything doesn't have to be live action like I feel like they always want to make something live action I don't know if they think it gives it more validity but when I saw that trailer I was like the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles should always just be animated because this is just it just hit the the feels of what I feel like the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles need to be. I thought it was funny. I thought they were... I, it was just... It was perfect to me. I loved it. I absolutely loved it. So here's the funny thing. I did not know there was a trailer out. <laughs> so I the way I found out about it is I saw a post on um, YouTube. Mm -hmm. uh Andre, you know, Black Nerd Andre. Oh, he, he has, oh I, I, Black I, Nerd I, Comedy? Yeah. yeah, Black Nerd Comedy. Yep. Andre, I, I love Andre. I'm, let's meet you one day, sir. <laughs> but I, I love your work. But I watched his video about the actors, mm. and I was like, wait, there's a trailer? And then I watched it after that, and then I was like, the animation is very but, good. Yeah, Into the Spider-Verse. Yes, it's on that, mm -hmm. that level. It, it's immaculate, as, yeah. as they say. It's... It, it, I was like, wow. And just to seeing the amount of talent that's into it. Mm -hmm. It's a wide variety of talent. Mm -hmm. And it's like, okay, I'm behind this. Like, yeah. like, sometimes I don't need much of a push to say, let me see this. Mm -hmm. I just need, like, that picture or the trailer. And I'm like, I'm sold. Yep. And that trailer sold me. Yeah. But I do want to um, jump back to something that you said about not everything being live action. Mm-hmm. I've been thinking about this for a while lately as it pertains to, you know, different fandoms and things of that nature. Like, one of my favorite shows is Samurai Jack. 
I would love to see Samurai Jack in live action. Mm-hmm. Phil Lamar did an amazing job voicing Jack. And Mako, the late great Mako, voiced Aku. Then, uh, in in the first four seasons, I believe it was Jeff Bennett did it in uh, season five. Please check that for me. But uh, point being, it's a great show. It, it's it's great storytelling going from the the past to the present. And the future, then back to the past again to wrap up the story. It's great storytelling. It pulls from so many areas. It pulls from one of my favorite subjects, Star Wars, and just uh, things you have Beatles references, three hundred references, and it's it's very good. And we're taking a look at the uh, cast. You can look look at Aku, Greg Baldwin. I was wrong. Okay, it was Greg Baldwin. So uh, Greg Baldwin. He's, very close sounding to to Mako, and you, I, I hear his voice, and I'm like, "That's Aku." But um, if they were to make a live action Samurai Jack, I would I would be there. I would love to see it in movie theater. I would yeah, I would support it wholeheartedly. But you cannot condense the story into a two hour movie. Mm-hmm. You would have to make it a a, a series. Because one thing you do when you take something that's animated, such as Avatar Last Airbender, and force it into a two-hour movie, you've cut a lot of the heart out. Mm-hmm. You know, as a, you know, the last Airbender movie, the one we don't talk about. And I admit, I saw that movie before I saw the show. So seeing the last Airbender without any context was was okay. But when I went and watched the show, it's like, where's the heart? Where is what makes this great? So, but the thing I've been thinking about, back to my point, is when it comes to animation, you can do a lot more storytelling. Mm-hmm. You can do a lot in 30 minutes on a TV show. There's like a lot you can do in live action, but you're not having to build set pieces. You're not having to go to locations. You're just, You're making it. You're taking the audience with you on the journey. Like, for example, right now we have two Star Wars shows on right now. We have Bad Batch Season 2 and The Mandalorian Season 3. Bad Batch Season 2 continues on from not too far removed from Order 66 in uh, Revenge of the Sith. And Mandalorian is continuing the storyline after Return of the Jedi. So on one hand, you have the empires rising to power, and on the other end of the spectrum, you have the New Republic rising to power. People are loving Mandalorian, but I don't see too many people talking about the Bad Batch. I heard the Bad Batch this season's really good, though. It, it is. It's really good. It's it's some of the best storytelling I've seen, but just like the Clone Wars and Rebels before it and Resistance. Unless people, the way I think of it is like, unless you're kind of in the know or really care to actually watch it, you're not going to watch it. But as soon as you say, it's a new live action thing, people are going to watch it. Mm -hmm. Same with MCU. I think because now people know what Marvel is doing, they know what MCU is, they're going to watch everything. Mm -hmm. So that's why when you think of an animated project like What If, people watched it because... 
it's MCU. Mm-hmm. But if it was just another Marvel Marvel show, and it's not connected to the MCU, I don't think a lot of people would have watched it. What do you think? Um, I think it depends on what it is. Um, so we were talking about this earlier about the X Men '97 cartoon, and um. And we were just talking about um, Marvel in general because, you know, it came out that Marvel is basically slowing down um, production on some of their Disney Plus shows. Um, because, you know, there, there's been some hiccups with Phase 4 and now the start of Phase 5. And so, for me, personally, I've, I've enjoyed Phase 4. There, there wasn't a lot I didn't like about Phase 4. The only movie I can say I really didn't like in Phase 4 was Thor Love and Thunder. And that's just because I felt like they rushed a very important um, story with Jane Foster. I thought that based on, you know, how they presented it at the um, Comic-Con where they announced that... Um, What's the the actress name who plays Jane Foster? Natalie Portman. Yeah, how they um presented Natalie Portman with the with Milner, and was like she's gonna be the new Thor. I'm sitting here like, oh, this is gonna be different. Like Jane is the new Thor, but Chris Hemsworth is still in the movie, so he's also gonna be there providing support. And you know, even from the trucks, I just, I just really thought this was gonna be Jane's story, and I felt like it wasn't. I, and you know, and you know, some of my other issues with Thor, I, I thought it was a little too silly. I felt like I, I want to see more character growth from Thor. I feel like um, Thor hasn't really taken i mean you know at the end of the movie we see him taking responsibility of love but we haven't really seen him step up as the new odin we haven't seen him you know as the leader of asgard he kind of gave that responsibility to valkyrie so i i want to i want to see a mature grown thor that's what i want to see so Back to my um, feelings on Phase 4. So, outside of Thor, I've enjoyed Phase 4. I feel like um, Eternals got a bad rep. I really enjoyed Eternals. I, um, same, same here. Yeah, I enjoyed the feel of the movie. Because, I, you know, I felt like, yeah, it was different than the other MCU movies. But I felt like that made sense. Considering we're now dealing with Eternals. We're not just dealing with like earthbound characters anymore. We're we're now going into the celestials. So I can I can see their film having a different vibe to it. So I enjoyed it. And I thought that the scenes with Makari were some of the best speedster scenes that we've gotten across Marvel or DC. Like she the way they portrayed her and the way she used her powers in that movie was better than anything I've seen with the Flash and Quicksilver. So I enjoy Eternals. As far as the Disney Plus shows, I loved WandaVision. I loved Falcon and the Winter Soldier. I loved Loki. I loved Miss Marvel. Um I thought I I enjoyed Hawkeye. I didn't think it was the best 
but I didn't think it was bad and a dumpster fire like people were making it. I enjoyed it. I, I just looked at it as like a, a Christmas show. It was like uh, a it was like a holiday special for me. That's what it felt like. Like I think it was. That's how the the promos were. They were painting it as yeah. This is a holiday special. Yeah. And Clint Martin is going home for the holidays. Yeah. I I enjoyed I enjoyed Hawkeye. I thought I thought it was nice and during the man just wanted to go home and be with his family uh it showed a realistic portrayal of what it would be like for a human being to be a superhero all the wear and tear on his body so i enjoy hawkeye i enjoy i loved werewolf by night i love the guardians of the galaxy holiday special i love spider-man um no way home i i I'm I'm between really love really liked and loved Black Panther Wakanda Forever. Um for one, I'll say this about Black Panther Wakanda Forever. I thought it was excellently acted. Um I thought the directing was great. I I I thought it was a overall good story, especially considering everything that they were dealing with. So, you know, I I enjoyed Black Panther Wakanda Forever. Um my big issues, again, Thor, Thor, Love, and Thunder, Black Widow, and my main issue with Black Widow was I didn't like the bait and switch they did with um, Taskmaster. Is that his name? Task- yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because, yeah, because the whole time we saw him in costume, and I say him because it was a man's body. It was a man's body the whole time, but then all of a sudden at the end, reveal it's a woman, and I'm just like, how is this a woman? It was like a man's body the whole time. I did not like that. So, um, that took me out. She-Hulk, um, the She-Hulk part of the show that I didn't like was the finale. Honestly, I've never, so I wasn't a Game of Thrones person, so I didn't, you know, I know people did not like the last episode, and for a lot of people, that ruined the whole season, and I, since I didn't watch it, I I never understood that. With She-Hulk, I understood it, because I felt like that last episode of the season basically made everything that we had watched up to that point moot honestly like basically it was almost like what was the point of us watching this season because nothing was paid off in the end so i didn't care for she hulk so and i and i loved miss marvel so basically for me phase four there was only like three things i really didn't care for and we got around 18 things so i still i still see that as a success but because, you know, other people are kind of looking at it more like a mixed bag, now Marvel has decided we need to slow down. So Marvel was going to release around seven shows on Disney+. Plus, and now, this year, the only things that they're saying they're releasing is Loki Season 2 and Secret Invasion. I feel like you you need to release Loki Season 2, given the outcome of Ant-Man and Watch Quantumania. You have to. Because I feel like the only things that were, at this point, connected to Loki and then the storytelling and things that came to conquer are Loki, season one, What If for multi, you know, multiverse stories, Doctor Strange, the Multiverse of Madness, because of this multiverse, 
and Loki season two dealing with, you know, Kangs and whatnot. And one thing I will say about She-Hulk, as we're starting to wrap things down, is that I, I, I get it. I get the ending that people did not like because of the breaking the fourth wall and coming into reality. On one hand, I, I get that. I understand it because we were there for the ride and then changed. The other hand, I I liked it because of the fact that She-Hulk, Jen has done this in the comics several times where she did not like how it was going and then she went to the writers and said, change it. So I, I'm a little torn there. Of like, I get that because not a lot of people have read the comics. So you're following the story that you're being presented and go with it. And on the other hand, it's, well, it's paying homage to the comics that came before it. So I liked it, but I understand it. And Thor Love and Thunder, the only thing I can admit that I really remember or the parts that I liked that I 100% remember is that we got to see Eternity, even though Eternity didn't say anything because it's a cosmic being. And then we got to see Hercules in the post credit scene. And I'm like, when's he going to show back up? But uh, there's something you and I were talking about a few days ago about Hawkeye. Bringing it back around to Hawkeye. Mm-hmm. How you said you did not like how, or something didn't seem realistic, that uh, Kingpin, he got hit by the car, he got back up mm-hmm. and started fighting again. Mm-hmm. I thought about it. So... Stick with me here. Mm-hmm. We know Secret Invasion is coming out. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You think well, he is Scroll? Yep. I think he's a Scroll. Hmm. That would be interesting <laughs> because and, and it's not even the fact that you know he got hit by the car and got back up. I think because you know we've you know we've seen the Netflix Daredevil, and so yeah, you know he might be a Scroll because right. because his behavior was completely different from his behavior or even his power levels in the Daredevil show. But he was just a human, though, right? Yeah, yeah, he, he's, he's just supposed to be a human. Yeah, he was just... Yeah, yeah he's still strong, supposed he's to a, just be a human. He's just a strong human. Yeah, he's a strong human. So, you know, because even though Daredevil was a little bit different in the She-Hulk, it's still like you can still feel the character. The character didn't feel crazily different like for me kingpin was crazy different so you're right maybe he <laughs> is a scroll i even thought hmm. about that as it re- as it pertains to one of the soldier movie you know when nick fury got shot mm-hmm. and then we thought he died mm-hmm. and then we find him in a bunker mm-hmm. and he's just like chilling mm-hmm. scroll yeah so yeah, but yeah, but see, he knew you, you know Nick Fury been a, a, you know knowing about the scrolls. So he he's, know, yeah, yeah he, we know that. But when you think about that too, it's like because they even question like, how did you survive? He's like, I'm me. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So it's like, what if he did get injured and then he went up to that space station and healed? Yeah, and the scrolls there in place. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, and see, that's what and you know what that's a good one about Kingpin being a scroll. And uh, I want to you know double back real quick on the she hole Like I didn't have a problem with her breaking the fourth wall because uh, I thought it was kind of cute, especially when she like you know kicked out the Disney Plus logo and all that stuff. I thought that was cute. I just didn't like that 
you know, this whole, the whole season, it was about her blood. Be careful about your blood because someone can like, you know, if a drop of your blood gets on someone, they can die or blah, blah, blah. And then her blood was stolen. And then in the last episode, when we're about to find out, okay, what's going to happen with this blood? Are we making more hopes? She was like, yeah, I don't want to do this. I just want to have a picnic. I want to be with Daredevil. And, I, and that's what they did. I said, I know you lying. Like, I know you lying. I know you did not have us sit here worried about this girl blood the whole time worried about this group who was spying on her who had this whole troll account some incels who hated her guts for no reason other than she was a woman and you just basically ended it with i'm going to a family cookout daredevil is my boo now because that's what i want it to be and i don't want to worry about this blood situation question for you do you think this is called disney playing it safe I, I think it's called lazy writing. I think they didn't know how to end it. <laughs> I don't think they knew what to do. So they said, you know what? Let's just pretend none of this happened. Like, seriously. That's how it came across. I mean, the other thing, too, it was like the ending. Because Hulk came back. Because there was also the mystery. Hulk went into space. Yes. Okay, so he went to Sakaar. Uh-huh. Oh, okay, so we're going back to Thor Ragnarok. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. Mm-hmm. We're bringing mm-hmm. it up. I want to know about that. And then he said, oh, here's my son's scar. And I'm like, oh, so now we get scar. Okay, that kind of foreshad that kind of overshadowed the whole plot. Yeah. But in anywho. Yeah. So okay, so guys, so we have seven minutes left. So we are gonna do basically this is like a speed round. Just hitting on topics that you know we wanna talk about, but we have limited time. So one thing I wanna talk about. We mentioned that MCU is slowing down. So now instead of around the six or seven shows that was supposed to drop, they are just doing Loki season two and they are doing Secret Invasion. I really hope, 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 hope X-Men 1997 is in there. Same. Um, I love I loved X-Men the animated series. It just is what got me into comics. So I'm hoping that they just have not mentioned it yet, but that 97 will be included in that slate. Same. Okay. Next subject. Okay. So a report came out. Now, this is just a rumor, y'all. This is just a rumor, so take it with a grain of salt. That they are saying that Brie Lawson is upset about um, her not having a Captain Marvel 2 and it being an ensemble. Uh, what do you think about that really fast? Honestly, I get it. She had her first movie. Mm-hmm. But then she was sidelined in uh, Endgame. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going to have to deal with it. Yeah, I mean, and I get it too. And I so, get it. And see, and when they announced that it was going to be the Marvels, for one, when they announced Nia DaCosta was going to be the director, and then it was going to be called the Marvels, and Monica Rambeau, played by Tiana Parrish, was going to be in it, I kind of was like, this could lead to some problems, because I know that Tiana has been in a movie directed by Nia DaCosta before. So Nia DaCosta, in my opinion, is going to look out for her. You get what I'm saying? Because they already have a relationship. So maybe Brie Lawson, maybe she's feeling like, you know, it's not enough of her story anymore. I don't know. This is all speculation. But I will say this. She need to slow her roll because Rogue is on the way. They could easily <laughs> just steal them powers, honey, and keep it moving if she's tripping. 
No, and, and I admit, I'm, I'm jo- I was joking when I said deal with it. I was just thinking about the plot that we got in WandaVision with Monica Rambeau and be mm-hmm. like, like, you have a problem with, with Captain Marvel. Mm-hmm. What's going on? That's why I said deal with it. Yeah. I, 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 I have no feelings about that. But yeah, it, it's going to be a good movie. Yeah, it's going to be a good and movie. And I hope people go back and watch Miss Marvel because. Yeah. And I. And I hope yeah. this and I hope this isn't true. I'm I'm hoping that there's no type of drama. But like I said, Rogue is on the way, baby. And yeah. everybody wants Rogue to drain them powers. Yes, because Rogue is needed. Rogue and Captain Marvel are synonymous. And in order for us to have Rogue as Rogue as we know her, mm-hmm. Captain Marvel has to lose the fight. Yep, and she gotta go in that coma for a little bit. So, you know, think it over. Um let cool heads prevail. Don't lose your spot, sweetie. Next. Next, coming out April 5th, Super Mario Brothers movie. The final trailer has dropped. It is amazing. We get to see more of Rainbow Road. Yep. And the the best part, I can say, all of, all of it's fantastic. But when Mario jumps over the cart onto the turtle, it goes into a shell. And I was like, that was perfect. It's like mm-hmm. attention to detail. That movie has great attention to detail. Mm-hmm. People have mixed uh, mixed films about the cast, but I'm like, hey, it's gonna be great. Yes, and and Mario is another example of it doesn't have to be live action. I felt because I literally watching this trailer, I was like, if this was live action, would would we be getting this? Would no. we be getting them on the Rainbow the Rainbow Road? Yeah, yeah no. I mean, we have the live action movie, and it's a good movie for what it was. I like the live action movie, but when you when you look at that and you look at Detective Pikachu and you look at the Sonic the Hedgehog movies mm-hmm. and then you have this, I have one question for you Nintendo fans and fans of video games. Are we building a Super Smash Bros. universe? Because we have Sonic and Tails and Knuckles and, and Shadows coming. Detective Pikachu exists. The world of Pokemon is there. The Marvel movie is coming. So, can we get a letter to Smash Brothers? Okay. Can we get an invitation to Smash? Mm-hmm. Now all, we gotta know. All, all, all I want to know is Link coming, is Zelda coming? You know, is is my favorite, my main Smash Brothers, Samus Aran? Is she coming? And that's all I got. Okay, and and okay. To wrap it up, are we in a com a video game renaissance? Whatever, because Last of Us is hitting it on all cylinders. Love the last Sonic movie. This Mario movie looks amazing. Uncharted was meh for me. The Uncharted games are great. Yeah, but, you know, it could have been better. I'm saying saying the games. Yeah, I know what you mean. For me, with Uncharted, for it to be what it was about, you know, they're trying to, you know, what what, what are they trying to do? I I stand in I kind of know the plot, but yeah, I felt like it was boring. I still want to watch it, though. It was boring. So I'm like, how is this boring? But anyway, um, it's it's not Indiana Jones. It's Indiana Jones Five is coming out this summer. Yeah, but and so that's what I'm saying, y'all. It. This might be it. Like this might be like the video games are coming. Video games are hitting their peak. I mean, we we have Resident Evil movies, but they're not like the games. Mm-hmm. But you can go into that route too. Mm-hmm. Video games are coming. Mm-hmm. Everything is coming. Yep. So that saying, everybody, everybody in the fandoms getting fed. Yes, and shout out to Pedro Pascal. Yes, he is Joel and the Mandalorian. Yes, love the, him. I love the fact that you have him basically on two escort missions: one with Rogu, one with Ellie. Yep, it's fantastic. And let me tell you something: the work that they're doing on The Last of Us right now, they need to get some Emmys. Him and Ellie. Yes. 
So we're um, less than a minute. So let's wrap it up. Uh, Close us out. So I just want to say thank you all for tuning in. I want to say thank you for listening to the Fandom Omnibus Podcast. My name is Chancellor D. Cosplay. My name is Danae. And you all have a great day. And stick around. Come along for the journey. Bye.